This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank you all for, for listening and for tuning in. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Also want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. All right, MSNBC and a bunch of other blue checkmark brigaders out there on social media over the weekend uh, went with the white male, white supremacist, white nationalist, uh, you know, hate crime scenario when it came to the capital attack that happened over the weekend, which, of course, they do every single time. Now, this is the thing. You know, when we talk about these stories, you have to understand something. There is zero shame on, on leftists' personality. They don't care. They just do not care if they lie to you. It's, it's part of their doctrine. None of their base is going to fault them for lying because it's okay to lie. Uh, we pointed out numerous times that a lot of times these groups that supported Biden who are now upset with Biden, they're upset with Biden because they thought that he was lying to everybody, that he was really on their side, like the pro-life Democrats who are all of a sudden, they are really perplexed that Joe Biden is not pro-life. They don't understand this. And he was out there saying that he was life, and he was advocating for essentially abortion on demand. He got caught in that corner a couple of times during the campaign. They just assumed that he was lying in order to get votes and that he really wasn't um, pro-abortion. And now they're looking around going, I... I, I he was telling the truth. He deceived us. Now imagine the logic that you have in your head and how warped your political personas have to be to assume that somebody is lying to you and therefore just inferring that they, they believe in the opposite and still support that person. I mean, that's a really bizarre philosophy to have, but this is very commonplace on the political left. It does happen on the right sometimes, but very commonplace on the political left where their, their politicians are so known for lying and deceiving the public and then doing the exact opposite when they get in office that they just assume whatever they say, the opposite is true, and therefore we can still support them. Very strange stuff. He told the truth, and therefore he deceived us. That's essentially their argument. It's also another reason why the media and a lot of people in this country didn't really know how to handle Donald Trump because Donald Trump was doing exactly what he promised. And there's just been a long time since we have had a politician do what they promised they were going to do. And uh, again, he had a lot of pushback against that stuff, but at least he was trying to do exactly what he told his voters he was going to do. So MSNBC and a bunch of others went out there and said, white male, white nationalist, a lot of them even admitted that they had absolutely no information about the attack whatsoever. Um, now, of course, it is not a white nationalist. It's not a white guy at all. In fact, it's a it's a black uh, Muslim guy. Well, I say Muslim loosely because he's a Nation of Islam acolyte, and the Nation of Islam is often shunned by the Muslim community, kind of like the Westboro Baptist Church is shunned by Christendom. So that's who this guy is. Uh, NBC News Justice Correspondent Pete Williams reported on the death of the suspect who is still at the time unidentified. Um, did get to see some actual footage of him being wheeled out as he was dying on the gurney. Uh, the question is: the question now is, what's the condition of the Capitol Police officers who were injured when, a, when the man were told it was a white male 
that was driving the car when the man got out of the car and attacked the police officers with a knife. Uh, one of those officers is dead, by the way. The suspect was later identified as Noah Green, 25-year-old black man from Indiana. He was clearly not a white male. He's not even light-skinned, okay? So he's not, he's not uh, easily confused with being white. This is just what ends up happening when people go with a race over substance narrative. They do this all the time. And the thing that is, again, because of this culture of they lie all the time, we lie all the time, it's how we do things, therefore it's, it's all about advancing our side over the other side. The other side's evil, so we'll just lie, 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 and it doesn't really matter. Most of you in this audience, if you get caught lying, you're really embarrassed. If, you, if you're wrong about something, you're embarrassed. If you get caught lying, you're really, really embarrassed. And it'll probably eat at you for quite some time. They do not have that mechanism in their being at all. It doesn't exist. If it did, Adam Schiff wouldn't be able to show his face in public. Neither would Schumer, neither would Pelosi, neither would most of your cable news anchors on MSNBC and CNN. They just wouldn't, many on Fox, they just would not be able to come out and actually show their face. If Chris Wallace had a shred of integrity, he would be embarrassed. He would have been groveling at the audience's feet the very next day when he came on his show and he said, when he should have said, I am so sorry, I got lazy and I didn't read the Georgia election law and the Georgia election law does not in any way forbid drinking water. And I was wrong about that and I'm so sorry, I am embarrassed. A normal human being with integrity would have that reaction. Chris Wallace doesn't. He just he's still repeating the lie. So is Biden, so is Schumer, so is Pelosi, so is everybody else on the left. They're repeating these lies about Georgia, they're repeating these lies about our, you know, the election in, in um, November. They're just repeating these lies over and over again, and they're not at all embarrassed by it. Even though they've been caught. None of them have buried their head in the sand and disappeared from public life after Trump-Russia collusion. They just aren't embarrassed. It is okay. And it's it's not even, it, honestly, this is a, it, well, it's sociopathic behavior that you can lie like that. If you were to go into you know a clinical psychiatrist's office and ask them about this stuff, they would say it's, if they were honest, again, they would say, yeah, psychopathy. So you have this, this real problem with people who are information givers to lie to you with impunity and not feel embarrassed about it. The other thing that gets me, though, is the people who are deceived by them, the acolytes, the ones that go out there and repeat the lie that has just been given to them because they believed it. You know, Chris Wallace and, and Rachel Maddow and everybody else, they go out there and they're trying to prevent you from drinking water a basic human right, water, while you stand in line to vote. So everybody runs out and goes, wow, that's that's inhumane. And then once they find out that Wallace and Maddow and everybody else lied about that, they're not angry at them. They still defend them, and they still push more false narratives. It just move on. Well, the water is irrelevant. It's this other thing. Well, that's wrong, too. Well, that's irrelevant. It's this other thing. Well, that's wrong, too. Oh, it's, it's this other thing now. There is no shame. 
And how many times have they done this with guns and shootings and suspects over and over and over and over again? You know, the interesting thing about this is that when the political right, um, you know, when we were having an issue with Islamic terrorism in this country, the political right was almost always able to correctly call that. Whereas the political left is almost always wrong at what they say about a mass public shooting. Almost always. Most mass public shooters are not on the political right. They're mostly on the political left or they're apolitical. They don't use AR-15s most of the time. There aren't more mass shootings now than there ever have been. These are all lies that get repeated over and over and over and over again. The suspect is white. White males do this more than everybody else disproportionately. All of those things are demonstrably untrue. But they repeat the lie. And then in a couple of months, when it happens again, they'll repeat those lies again, even though those very same people were debunked on it the last time, because they have no shame. And just as we talked about the Orange County shooting last week, he said how you knew instantly that this wasn't a white shooter. You had a mass public shooting, four people dead, including a nine-year-old boy. Perfect fodder for a media firestorm. But there wasn't one. And the thing is that you know that there isn't a public firestorm over it because of one thing and one thing alone, and that is the shooter was not white. And therefore, those four lives, that nine-year-old boy who was shot to death by that man, are irrelevant to the left, to the anti-gunners out there, to the U.S. media. They are completely irrelevant. We can't stand on those bodies. We can't stand on their graves to get what we want politically because it shatters the other narrative. And that narrative is it's only white people who do this. That's how you knew what happened in Orange County wasn't a white man for a day and a half until they finally released the suspect. That's how you knew because nobody was talking about it. MSNBC and others ran with this story. Another white guy attacking Capitol Police must be a Trump supporter, yada, 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 yada. The shooting in Boulder, Colorado. It's an anti-mask, Trump-supporting white nationalist. No, Muslim Syrian migrant hated white people. But none of the people who spewed that stuff are ever going to pay a price. They're not going to pay a price politically if they were a politician. They're not going to pay a price socially if they were just some social commentator with a large following on social media. The social media platforms aren't even going to fact check or censor those posts that repeated those lies. They're not going to do that. And obviously, they're not going to pay a political price if they're a politician at all. It's just not going to happen. If they're news people, there's no professional price that they're going to pay. None of them are going to be suspended or talked to or, or demoted. There's going to be no, no retraining or re-education of how you conduct yourself on social media because you were running around spreading these lies just isn't going to happen because they have no shame. That's, that's the world that we live in right now in the United States. It's If it's not news, it will be news if you can use it to damage white people and Republicans. And if it is news, but it doesn't damage white people and Republicans, it cannot be news. They're trying to foment this division. Charles Barkley is right. They're trying to foment this division.
More coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So I'm going to include the Charles Bart stuff in the Daily Show prep today. And I, I don't know how many of you are fans of Charles Barkley or not as a commentator or as a human being and, and that sort of thing. But Charles Barkley has never bought into the race baiting mindset. Um, it is you've heard me play a lot of clips of Charles Barkley over the years. I haven't done it in probably a year or two, but over the years, I play a lot of Charles Barkley. Um, one, I just I just like the guy and and he has some some wisdom that I think is much needed, particularly in the arena of the nba and he he had some very good things to say when it came to race relations and race baiting and and the political class and he refers to them as the political class just like i do you know i've told you before i I will continue to tell you over and over and over again is the political class versus you and me they want you and they want your neighbor to not like each other whether that's not liking each other over um, masks over vaccines, over race, over religion, over the type of car that you drive, over your attire, um, your landscaping. They just don't want you to get along. If you and your neighbor gets along, guess what? You're more likely to have some influence on one another and then they have less influence over you. So they always find ways to divide. And that's that's pretty much what he said. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously just you know, adding my own take on this thing, but um, I will put it in the Daily Show prep, and I encourage you to take a look at it. I really do. All right, I got to tell you about Southwest Vision Center. Uh, First of all, if you need eye care at all, or if you're not really satisfied with who takes care of the vision care for your family, Southwest Vision Center is the place to go. It's who I trust with my eyesight. It's who I trust with my family, my children's eyesight, and they have already saved us a ton of money and they have corrected some false diagnoses from my kids' school, et cetera. Now, previously, I told you before, uh, my eldest was um, diagnosed at school as having vision problems. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to accept the assessment of the school, okay? So I took them to Southwest Vision Center and uh, they did a full assessment on my daughter. Turns out she's got 20-20 vision, everything is fine. And that's really, you know, that's it's a big peace of mind because I think that there's a lot of folks that would have just gotten the glasses that the school provides for their kid. Who knows what damage that does to your vision long term. And we saved our daughter from having to deal with that just by going to the professionals at Southwest Vision Center. They're treating me for dry eye syndrome. They're treating my wife for a whole host of things. We love them over there. True professionals. All of my listeners get a discount when you go to Southwest Vision Center. Oftentimes, that discount, depending on on what you're doing over there, will actually be better than what you're going to get with your rates for your insurance. That's how good the discount is at Southwest Vision Center for my listeners. So go to SWVisionCenter.com, SWVisionCenter.com. Let them know that I sent you and set up your appointment for the location nearest you. All right. This is going to come as a shock, okay? This is going to be really surprising for a lot of you. Major cities who defunded police departments have had an increase in crime and murders. I know, you're shocked. You're shocked. I get it. Cities in parts of the U.S. that slashed their police department funding last year 
in part as a result of police-involved shootings have seen an uptick in certain crimes over the past year, according to data that's been analyzed. Cities such as Austin, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, New York, and Portland have shifted funds from police departments to social service programs. Such cuts have led some departments to lay off officers, cancel recruiting classes, or retreat from hiring goals. Did you see that uh, locally here? I think it was South Bend. Uh, they're getting rid of the the requirement to, well, I shouldn't say they're getting rid of it, but they're extending the the requirement for the distance and how far away from St. Joseph County you live. So you can now live further away from St. Joseph County if you live outside of the county and still be able to be a police officer inside the county, which I told you I think is a good thing. If you want to recruit people, I got news for you. A lot of people don't want to live here, but they don't have a problem um, you know, being a police officer here, and maybe they're good at what they do, but they don't necessarily want to live here. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I understand the logic behind we need officers who live in our community. I get that. But I also think that when you're, when you're struggling to find enough recruits that meet the qualifications that you've set forth for your department, I think that uh, particularly in a, in a smaller area, you've got to expand that net in order to catch quality candidates. And that's so I support that decision. As police departments were left to mark uh, to make with a make do with shrunken budgets and less support, some big cities have seen sometimes drastic upticks in murders and other violent crimes. According to the analysis, the defund the police movement is not necessarily about getting police department budgets, uh, gutting police department budgets, though some groups have tried. The budget cuts were already expected as a result of alternate needs for funding because of the coronavirus pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. So they go through some of these cities. I'm not going to, again, bore you with the details of it. I'll put it in the Daily Show prep. But um, it's, again, I know, it's shocking. When you look at Minneapolis specifically, obviously we've got the Chauvin trial happening right now, which has been very interesting. Mostly uh, useless endeavor to cover. And I know that people are trying to treat this like it's the trial of the century. It really isn't. It's honestly just a run-of-the-mill average everyday trial. People want to make it something that it's not. But at the same time, it's just watching, watching some occasionally there's like an expert that gets on there. And it's like, wow, OK, that was embarrassing. But really, it's been a giant nothing burger up to this point. So it hasn't really been all that interesting, which is why I haven't done a lot of coverage. Since I know everybody else is covering this thing. So I'm giving you other stuff. Um, but you look at Minneapolis, Minneapolis, remember, they defunded the police department. And then all of a sudden crime went through the roof. And then the city council was, was say, where's the police department at? Well, you got rid of them, you idiots. So what do, you, what do you expect? What do you, yeah, crime's going through the roof. And Beetlejuice, the, uh, the mayor of Chicago, got booed audibly when she went to Wrigley Field. You see that? Now look, there's a part of me, okay? There's a part of me that was happy that she got booed, but then there's the other part of me that's like, okay, Chicago, you're still stupid enough to reelect her because of Chicago. And because she has a D next to her name, as bad as she is, that, that everybody boos her out in public, she's still not the evil Republican. And so there's also a part of me that's like, well, you made your bed, lie in it. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company, are your used car experts. Joining us on the line from realnewsmichiana.com is 
investigative reporter Clifton French. What's up, Clifton? How you doing, man? Hey, Casey. I've been doing well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. So you've got a new story up at realnewsmichiana.com, and this one involves the Latin Kings. And I think people are starting to pick up that there is a bit of a running theme with the Latin Kings at realnewsmichiana.com. They are involved in a lot more in our community than people realize. But this is really about one individual and how the justice system is letting him continuously get out, even though he's a threat to the public. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, so I mean, this this story was a quick blurb uh, on on every outlet across Michiana, right? Um, where it just said, "Hey, listen, there was a guy who was arrested for attempted murder." Well, you know, he has a king tattooed above his left eye, and yeah. the Tribune did put in and say uh, this guy had had a had had a prior conviction for uh, domestic violence. Uh, what they didn't say was that he was out on bail uh, for three different domestic violence-related cases when this happened, right? So this guy was arrested, released, arrested, released, arrested, released. Um, All of this had to do with the same woman on top of that. Uh, So he's been arrested now four times for, well, actually, he has a conviction earlier. So five times now for domestic um, violence-related incidents uh, involving one woman, uh, and he got released by our judicial system here uh, again. I think any reasonable person would realize that the chances of this guy attacking this woman again uh, were pretty high. Now, when he was arrested this last time, he was beating this woman, um, her brother, tried to intervene, and then he got shot for his trouble, right? Um, This is a really bad guy. He's a verified member of the Latin Kings. Uh, It it took one phone call for me to, you know, talk to a law enforcement, um, local law enforcement uh, specialist within gangs, right? Uh, He Mm -hmm. said, yeah, he is in the databases. He is verified. He is a member of Latin Kings. He's a really bad guy. You know, what, what's interesting about this, I think when people hear, you know, three domestic violence things, they probably think like three charges from one incident. But you, as nope. you were pointing out earlier, he was arrested, then released, arrested again, and then released, separate charge, arrested again, and then released. And that's when this happened. Yeah, absolutely. And this has been kind of a running theme in in St. Joseph County, right? I talked to cops. So St. Joseph County became, uh, St. Joseph County it was, was uh, the testing ground for this bail reform uh, that started in 2017 here, right? Um, so this bail reform essentially does away with a lot of cash bail. There's a lot of um, ROR releases, a lot of stuff like that. And so the ROR is released on your own recognizance. And they do essentially, um, they're saying, hey, listen, we don't want to disadvantage the poor uh, for these, you know, with, with bail. Like the bail is is unfair to poor people, right? And they've tested Um, this all over the country with similar results to what we're having here, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, and and the statistics just show that there is more crime within a poor community, right? So it's all it's doing is letting out criminals um, who, yeah. (laughs) Well, and he, you know, when the brother, so. Yeah, so he he gets arrested several times. He's released all separate charges for attacking this woman who's the mother of his child. So, you yeah. again, 
the legal system should at, at that point clearly assume that he is a danger to her. He's repeatedly going after her. He then finds her again. He's beating her. Her brother tries to intervene. He then goes and retrieves a gun. He comes back. He shoots at several people. He hits yep. the brother. Police say they yep, recovered shot- 19 shell casings. So <laughs> yeah, shot 19 do we know what do we know what the firearm used in this was? I have I have no idea. All I know that that it was a it was a it was a firearm. That's it. That was all okay. that was in the in the in the court my documents ass- in the report. My assumption would be is that there was a reload that happened in this then. So you know yeah potentially and again with, yeah I yeah <laughs> with, with, there's a couple obviously a few guns where that wouldn't be the yeah. case but I'm assuming it's reload yeah but, or you know or if it was you know um, a, a rifle with a thirty round mag I have no sure, idea sure, I would assume sure. that he would hit more people. That yeah, that's that's where I'm kind of going with this. If he fired 19 times yeah. and only hit one person, then probably a handgun. So yeah, yeah, usually 17 and one. Have you done any research on like when this all got started and who is really responsible for championing this? Because they've had this issue in Chicago, they've had it in Detroit, mm-hmm. New York, Los Angeles, and other communities, and it's very similar results. What ends up happening is repeat offenders in the middle of whatever is angering them get right back out again under the guise of fairness to the poor and low income. And then they end up murdering people or hurting people even worse. So I know that this was, so I did a story about this uh, and interviewed prosecutor Cotter when I was at ABC. And this is probably back in 2018. Um, And, and, you know, I, I have to go back and look a little bit further, but from, from what I recall is this, started downstate um, and there were a few counties that that were either enlisted or volunteered uh, to be a part of this you know to be the guinea pigs right of this of this reform and that the entire state of Indiana is supposed to turn to this however I talked to police officers um, in St. Joe County they will tell you criminals will will come over from Elkhart they'll come over from from Laporte they'll come over from other county counties surrounding St. Joe um, to, to commit crime, to do drug deals, to do other things in St. Joe County, because if they get arrested, they know that it's just a slap on the wrist, right? So you're literally at this point inviting criminals into this county to, to commit these crimes uh, because they know that they're, they're going to get out of jail. They're not going to have any repercussions. You know, they, they, they'll, they'll, they can, you know, ignore their court dates, whatever. Um, and, and at that point, there may be some, some stricter punishment, right? Uh, but sure. it is inviting criminals into our community to, to commit these crimes. You know, you had uh, pointed out, too, in your article at realnewsmichiana.com that, you know, when this started in St. Joseph County, and obviously in St. Joseph County, as people from outside of the county are coming in, most of that yeah. crime is going to land in the, back, the backyard of South Bend. But you had yep. mentioned that the, the local paper wrote a glowing article about this <laughs> this process and how great it is. And it's always it's always interesting to me. People who are not in law enforcement, don't have a background in criminal justice at all. You know, they always find that these things are great and they never look at the statistical realities of how they play out in other communities that they've been tried for a long time. 2017 is relatively late to the game for this program. It's been around for a while and it clearly hasn't worked out for other communities, not just ours. So. What's, no, what's causing at, people so besides if you, if, if you look at so just look at the shooting numbers right so if you look right. at shooting numbers and I'm just going off of, of my memory there were I think back in 2015 2016 you know 70 some odd shootings 
Uh, then it went up to 80. Then it went up to 99. And then last year we had 144 shootings just in the, in the city of South Bend, right? So ever since the, this started, this bail relief program and um, the, the group violence intervention program, uh, the numbers of, of extreme violence, gun violence in the city has just gone up significantly every single year. Something obviously is not working here, right? <laughs> the, yeah. You know, well, I'm not going to say correlation is causation. However, <laughs> I think you may want to take a look. Well, look, at least the the jails are, you know, they have less people in them. <laughs> well, and, that's, and that's, that, was, that was the headline from, from yeah, that was from the headline. Security. Bail relief program right. aims to reduce St. Joseph County jail population. You know, every time they talk about, uh, you know, how many people are arrested and things like that, and we look at the crime stats, and the crime stats are going down, it's like, well, could it be possible that the crime stats are going down because more people are in jail? Is that a possibility? Can we at least talk about that? And, of course, they never want to have that conversation. Clifton, how do people subscribe? How do they follow your work and uh, link up with you, buddy? Yeah, well, uh, if you have any advertisers, I'm looking for advertisers, too. So then, you know, go to my website. Send me, send me, send me some rates way. personally. Personally, <laughs> okay. send me some rates, and uh, and I may be interested. There we go. All right. Well, so uh, go to realnewsmichiana.com. Go to subscribe. Uh, for $9 a month, you can support conservative journalism. Um, you know, it, this is what I want to do full time. So as soon as we get to a certain number, uh, I'm going to be turning five to ten stories a day, uh, not just one story a week. So go to Real News Michiana. Go to subscribe. Uh, you can also go to my Facebook, Real News Michiana. All right, man. Clifton French, appreciate it. You take care of yourself. Thank you for joining us this hey, afternoon. Thanks, Casey. All right, bye-bye. Again, realnewsmichiana.com. Go subscribe. we got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Allow me to tell you about Nutrition HQ. You've heard me talk about them for years. So here's the thing. I'm cycling back on to uh, Virilitat right now. And I, you know, again, I'm on it for, for a couple of weeks and then I go off of it for a little while and it is a noticeable difference. And I know that I say that to you guys all the time, but when I talk to other listeners who use it as well, it's the same thing. It is a noticeable difference. Usually for me, sometimes it'll hit me the first day, but by day two, that's when I really start to notice the difference with being on Virilitat versus being off of Virilitat. Now, men, Virilitat is for you. And if you're over 35, you know, your testosterone levels are starting to drop. That means you have less energy. It's it's harder to maintain your muscle mass. You put on fat a lot easier. Metabolism's just slower, and you just don't feel as good. And that's part of the aging process. So Virilitat basically stimulates your body to produce more of its own natural testosterone. So you start getting those testosterone levels back up to where they were when you were younger. You feel better. You have more vitality. You are, um, <clears throat> shall we say, more amorous. But you also have more energy, you build muscle a lot better, you maintain your muscle better, and you burn fat a lot more efficiently. In, in fact, one of the things that I, I notice right out of the gate besides my energy levels, when I'm not on Virilitat, I will gain weight when I'm not dieting. When I'm on Virilitat, even when I'm not dieting, I lose a little and I plateau out. And then, of course, I have to do the work for the rest. Nothing is a magic pill, ladies and gentlemen. Go to Nutrition HQ, mention me, get 10% off when you sign up for the free rewards program. Again, that's Nutrition HQ. At 5804 Great Road in Mishawaka, let them know that I sent you. All right, folks, we got uh, we got a bunch coming up, including some very interesting things involving the pandemic. We'll talk about that next on 95.3 MNC.